Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the library sessions. Uh, I am Jen Lau Bond, and I'm here with my regular co-host, Martinique Callerduff. Hi, everyone. And today we are really excited to talk to Tish Hayes. She is the information literacy librarian at Moraine Valley Community College, which is in the Chicago suburbs. And I want to say a little bit about why I wanted to have Tish on the podcast. Uh, two reasons. One, uh, she and I were part of the uh, immersion, ACRL immersion program this summer. So I got to know her there and she just has a lot of really great ideas. So I wanted to talk to her for that reason. Uh, and then also she is the coordinator of the Illinois Information Literacy Summit. And this is a conference that Martinique and I both have been attending for a really long time and we are huge fans. I, I honestly think this is probably my, like dollar for dollar, this is my favorite conference. I always get more out of this than I get out of just about every other conference. Um, and it's local to those of us in Chicago and it's very reasonably priced. So. I am a big, big fan and supporter of that conference. So I'm excited to uh, find out a little bit more about the process of conference planning and what, what the conference is all about from Tish. Thank you so much for having me. And it is really great to hear that. Like, uh, love hearing that people appreciate the conference and like, I don't know, enjoy coming. Like that's the best, best compliment. Yeah, well, I definitely do enjoy it. <laughs> so yeah. do you wanna start out by telling us a little bit about yourself, just a brief introduction? Sure. Um, so my name is Tish Hayes. I, as you said, I'm the information literacy librarian here at Marine Valley Community College. Um, I've been in this position since 2012 and before that had worked part time here in a few other community colleges. So feel very rooted in um, the community college uh, library world. And speaking of the summit, it was one of the job pieces of my job that I kind of walked into. So the summit had already been established and um, taking that on as someone who, you know, was relatively new to the profession and um, was like definitely a challenge, um, but one that's been really exciting and I think has helped me grow as a librarian. And then um, the other kinds of things that I do here uh, include teaching. I do a lot of instruction. Um, also a lot of professional development for the other librarians around teaching and assessment. And then I'm also the assessment coordinator. Wow, so you're not busy at all. No, not, not, nothing's <laughs> going on. Yeah, <laughs> Super chill. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer and I were brainstorming a couple of questions for you and, um, and I'm excited to sort of find out your vision for the conference. Um, Jennifer has some good good questions that she added to this little list that I'm glancing at now. And I did just want to chime in and say that the summit has been this thing that I think um, has remained constant, I feel like, as my career has changed. And it's something that I feel like together, Jennifer, I, Jennifer and I have carpooled to the conference forever, like That's since great. we were originally at Roosevelt University together we were, had been at different conferences and I think traveled there together. And it's, it's the only time I go on these certain roads in the, <laughs> the far flung suburbs of uh, Chicago. And so it does have this sort of special place in my professional heart. Yeah. It's also. like our annual road awesome. trip. Right. Well, I mean, it is like way out in the south of the suburbs. Yeah, um, and we're surrounded by those forest preserves. So it's kind of like you're, yeah, traveling to like some fancy far off place. Yeah. Um, so Jennifer, what, um, I, I feel like I should let you start since you, since you and Tish have, um, have recently been talking and it was, it was your idea to bring her on. So what is it that you're kind of most curious to talk to Tish about? 
Well, I'd really like to hear a little bit more about the summit. I mean, I think maybe also, especially, if, you know, people listening that might not have gone to the summit before. What is it about? Can you tell us a little bit about what it is and, and maybe where it came from, how it came to be what it is today? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's funny hearing you talk about how, like, you've been coming to the summit for years, because actually, I came to the summit before I ever worked at Moraine. And I wondered, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the, like, my first professional conferences that I went to, and it was amazing. I was so excited to attend, and I went to some great breakout sessions, and it was one of the reasons why I, when I, you know, found out that there was a part-time position at Moraine, applied immediately. I was super excited to to work here. The thing that I loved when, especially as a new librarian, was that the keynote, I don't actually remember who who did the keynote address when I had first attended, but all of the breakout sessions that I went to were things that I could like grab, especially as a new instruction librarian, and like implement and like do something with. And I think that's one of the things that people mention all the time about the summit is that the breakout sessions tend to be very um, driven by what people are actually doing in the classroom so that there are things that people can take and adapt to their own settings. So over the years, as, as it's changed, and I definitely think the summit has changed and grown in different ways, but I think that is something that we try to, um, the coordinators and I try to really make sure when we're looking at um, the breakout session proposals, that there's a good many of them that are that kind of like, this is what I did, this is how you can apply it to your own setting, practical uh, sessions. But speaking to that, um, as I mentioned, it has changed over the years. So when I started back in 2012 and um, took on the planning for the 2013 conference, like I had no idea what I was doing, but um, I was lucky to have like a whole, like everyone in the library has been doing this for, for a very long time. So um, my predecessor is the one who started the summit with grant money and she started it along with John A. Logan College and Illinois State University Milner Library. So there were three different locations that the summit would happen at each spring, um, which is wild to me. <laughs> uh, and that coordination, I think, is really complicated. So that was the, the first summit that I helped plan was continuing in that tradition. So we had one keynote who went to all three locations, and then each location would break, like develop their own breakout sessions. That's and a lot it, of work. <laughs> it is a lot of work. And I mean, they had been doing this for years. So like incredible props to the people yes. who started this and got it developed. And like really for, you know, I think probably 10 years made this, or I guess that would be longer. It's like I mean, 10, 11 years, like really made it work. But at, at the same time that I was coming in, both John A. Logan and Illinois State University just had other priorities. And so kind of needed to back away from this model. And so... We didn't want to do it alone. We thought partnerships were really useful in the development. At the time, Heather Jagman and Troy Swanson, so Heather Jagman from DePaul and Troy Swanson from here in Moraine Valley, uh, were working together on some other projects and he pulled her in and that's kind of how the partnership with DePaul began. Mm. began. Um, so since the 2014 summit, we've been working with DePaul Right now, my, um, the coordinators from there are Jill King and Jennifer Schwartz, and they've been incredibly supportive, and I'll talk a little bit more about our process later. Um, but So the two of them, along with Troy Swanson and Susan Miller here at Moraine, are kind of the, the primary uh, coordinators. And, of course, we have a ton of help from everyone else in the library. So 
So for our, for our non-local listeners, um, I just want to bring them up to speed on a few details and then you can comment further. I was looking at your website and the way that you all have described this, the very brief about the summit, it's uh, the organizers envision the summit as an opportunity for librarians, teachers, and other practitioners across the educational spectrum to come together to share ideas and strengthen information literacy throughout the Midwest. And on previous podcasts, I think Jennifer and I have devoted two different podcasts to sort of uh, rehash the bash about the Information Literacy Summit, but it is just a one day um, sort of like work day period of time. It's kind of like eight to five-ish conference as opposed to, you know, a lot of the big conferences are multiple days at convention centers. And then you all host it right there at Marine Valley. Yeah. Which, which you just described has not always been the case. It's very intentional that it is a one day, 8.30 to 3.30 PM. We've kept it that way. I think from the beginning um, that it's really affordable. Um, mm -hmm. And that's always been really important because we really wanted to draw in community college librarians. We want to make it available to school librarians. We um, every year actually offer free uh, conference registration for uh, any grad students. So we definitely are committed to making it very available because we want the conversation to be as wide as possible and to like really reach as many people as possible. So there's not a lot of frills, like we don't have, um, like, you know, you go to some conferences and you get a lot of swag and like, we just don't have any swag. But we do, I think, put together some great breakout sessions and provide some good food in the morning and for lunch. Um, and between like the food and then the travel expenses and honorarium that we provide for our keynote speaker, um, the, the cost of registration covers that. And so from year to year, we basically bring in what we spend and it's been, it's been successful. Like we've been able to keep doing it, which I think is really exciting. And, and so much of that is because we do have space. There are a lot of, you know, expenses that we don't have to put out actual cash for because they're built into the facilities at Moraine, but it's been a great experience. And I think like being able to keep it cheap is, is super important to us. Well, I mean, that's for sure one of the reasons that I've been so many times. I mean, because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, when I started going at Roosevelt, we were in a period where we weren't getting any professional development money. So this was the kind of thing I could easily pay for on my own. And then when I was an adjunct, you know, at, at community mm -hmm. colleges and, and didn't really get as much for conferences and things, this, it was always the conference that was I could do on my own. Yeah. I didn't need even anybody to pay for it if I, if I couldn't get it. So. Yeah, as budgets are getting slashed and people can't travel to national conferences, it's like, well, at least there's a thing that you can do every year, you know. Yeah. And it's a good thing, too. It's not settling. It's, it's <laughs> right. better than a lot of the national conferences. So, so you here. said that the, um, the one day aspect is pretty intentional. Have, have, um, have you all ever considered, or it sounds like maybe the, the easiest answer is no, or has anyone ever sort of encouraged you all to consider making sort of like raising the profile, making it a longer conference, anything like that? You know, like, we, I mean, we'll throw around ideas, but mostly, I mean, I think we're all pretty committed to keeping it what it is because to grow it too much would make it, I think, unmanageable <laughs> just for everyone's mm -hmm. workloads. And also it would make it too expensive. And yeah. I think what we have is a model that, that is working you know, a couple of years, I think it was maybe the 20, maybe the 2015, there was, there was a year 
not too long ago that we had like the highest registration we had ever had. And it was like kind of blew all our minds. It was like, whoa, <laughs> there's a lot of people here. This is really cool. <laughs> and and that was the moment where it was like, well, like, like if we're getting this many people, can we get more people? What do we do if we get more people? Do we have the, you know, the capacity to provide like enough breakout sessions and enough space? And at that point it was like, well, what, like, what are we trying to do? And, and I think that's when we kind of refocused and, and we're able to like kind of set the intention that, you know, we are, while we definitely welcome people from across the country and we've had over the years more and more people coming in from out of state, that's not what we're trying to be. We're trying to reach, you know, the people here in the Midwest. We're trying to create a community. One of the people or one of the things that people talk about in the feedback forms is that they come every year and get to chat with people that they, you know, that they hadn't talked to for a year. And so it's like, it's networking in a really comfortable, like, reunion kind of way. And it so really is. Yeah. doing that and making that space available year after year, I think is really like where we're focused. Well, that's great. Um, well, I have a question about, so I, you know, the description of the summit mentions that it's not just for librarians. Do you, mm -hmm. how, how many non-librarians do you get and how, and do you do anything to sort of encourage that or? You know, to be honest, we don't have that many non-librarians. Sure. Um, it's mostly academic librarians and, and definitely a mix of like community college and like research libraries and, and other academic libraries. We have a few high school librarians that come, a few public school or public librarians that come, but we only get maybe a handful of faculty and we don't do a lot of recruiting. Um, and that's something that I think, you know, those are some things that we could definitely, I think, shift in, in coming years. It would be great to have more high school librarians, you know, just thinking about transfer and mm -hmm. um, the movement from high school to first year college, whether that's at a community college or a four-year institution, like that's such a huge area um, to be explored, as well as like the transfer experience from community college to, to four years. So doing more of that kind of outreach, I think is definitely something that we, we've talked about and probably need to find a good model for. Yeah, well, I think last year was the first time I had personally talked to some high school librarians at the summit. I don't know oh, that yeah. I've ever seen any before then. Um, so I was pretty excited to see some you know, other other types of librarians coming. But I think, you know, as far as like faculty, I mean, I think it's so valuable to have them be a part of conversations about information literacy, to have them kind of get a sense for how librarians work and how we're approaching this. But then I guess the, the, the downside to that is then you lose some of that collegiality that you get when you're just working with librarians. So. Right, totally. Yeah, there's uh, pros and cons either way, but especially thinking about this year's theme, which we, you know, just put out, I think at least this year it might, I'm hoping it draws in some faculty because I think faculty across the curriculum are definitely talking about disinformation, uh, misinformation, news literacy and media literacy. So I think this could be a good a good time to pull in some faculty who are doing that work and I know like I would love to hear from faculty who are who are tackling that in the classroom and how you know we can as librarians can partner with them so that's the goal can you can you say a little bit more about the this year's theme and maybe how you decided on it but and kind of what you're looking for 
Sure. So this year's theme is news, media, and disinformation, making sense in today's information landscape. And our keynote speaker is Dr. Nicole Cook, um, who's an associate professor and the MSLIS program director at the School of Information Studies at University of Illinois at Champaign at Urbana-Champaign. Oh, I'm um, so excited that, that, that she's going to be the keynote speaker. I love her. Same. I'm super excited. She's done such amazing work across a, like, a variety of areas that um, I'm interested in and thrilled that she's available and said yes. Um, and actually, this year's theme was really hard <laughs> to decide on. Um, we had mm -hmm. a number of different keynote speakers that we were thinking about and a that like hit on a number of different themes that we were thinking uh, are particularly relevant, but we just kept coming back to news literacy, um, media, like so much of what we do in information literacy obviously is helping helping to develop evaluation skills um, and ways of thinking about information and knowledge. And right now, there's a lot of conversation about that, you know, whether that's in the popular media um, or studies being done, um, what's happening in classrooms. So we just thought, you know, now is a time to, to continue that conversation, really bolster, you know, how we're dealing with that in the classrooms as well. And, you know, Nicole's name came up because, well, for a number of reasons, her um, recent work, which I'm going to fake news and alternative facts, information literacy in a post-truth era. So that just came out from ALA edition. So, you know, want to highlight that work. And Troy Swanson, my colleague here at Moraine, has been doing interviews about news literacy on the Circulating Ideas podcast and had spoken to her on a recent podcast. So yeah, it was a really good episode. So everybody, after you're done listening to us, go listen. Yes. <laughs> yes. So the work he's been doing in uh, working with people has, you know, helped us kind of pinpoint you know, who we would want to invite here. And so all of that converging was, I think, really the push that we had to to invite Dr. Cook and to really focus in on the news and media literacy. I think just about all librarians have been thinking about this stuff for the last couple of years. And I know, and Jennifer and I have devoted a couple of episodes to talking about uh, how we think about fake news, what we could do with students, how different librarians are handling it. And I was just speaking for myself, wonder sort of how long it would kind of stay so prevalent in popular culture. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think we were first having those conversations maybe almost two years ago. And um, it's gone, it's just become even more relevant. And I'm now hearing from, I worked with a psychology, the, our department chair here, Tracy Caldwell, invited me to do a fake news workshop with her Psych 101 students. And my initial reaction was, cool, I'm interested in this, but how does it relate to psychology? Because um, like, don't they have a research assignment? And shouldn't, it, you, shouldn't we be dealing with some of that kind of stuff? And she was like, no, they need this. They need to start thinking about what information to question, how information got in front of them. All of these skills are critical skills that there isn't an obvious class, at least in our curriculum, mm -hmm. where we can address that. And she's like, so I, so I wanted to address it on my Psych 101 classes. So I'm going to be really excited to, to show up at the summit and see how other folks are handling this. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if any of you 
either of you went to the webinar yesterday, ACRL Presents, Lies, Damn Lies, and News. How did today's students stay, um, stay informed and what can librarians learn from them? I think it's out there and available now and I highly recommend it, mostly for the kind of review of the Hill, I just blanked on what that stands for, but the Pill study that looked at uh, the way students are engaging with news. Project mm -hmm. Information Literacy. Thank no, you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why it just like went out of my head. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's fascinating and I feel like so much more nuanced than I think, or, or students are using and engaging with news and information in ways that are much more nuanced than I think faculty and uh, like even some of our librarians are, are talking about it. Mm -hmm. And so getting to like getting into that study and really like looking at where engagement is happening and how we can work with students to bolster, right, those, the way we are engaging with information, the way we're understanding it and making meaning out of it, I think is gonna be like a huge thing that we're talking about and I'm super excited about it. I'd love to hear a little bit more if we, you know, we could take a little, um sidetrack detour here from the summit sure. talk, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you're doing, you, either you personally or Moraine Valley is doing in this area. I mean, are you, how are you addressing this, these issues in your information literacy instruction? Sure. All of the librarians, uh, you know, evaluation is uh, like usually a part of an information literacy session, but specifically news. My colleague Susan and I have been uh, developing a component of news literacy that we can put into our College 101 library sessions. So College 101 is our like eight week intro to college class and every single one of those sections come, comes into the library. And we've traditionally had that library session be, you know, kind of like the library tour, uh, really fun and welcoming. And I mean, it's still very fun and welcoming, <laughs> but we're trying to, um, instead of just doing demos of databases, we really want to engage students around information and helping them think about information, both the way they use it personally, but also how they're going to be using it in an academic setting, since this is going to be the first semester for most of them. So we, we adopted Kevin Sieber's process cards, which Shout out, thank you to Kevin Sieber for, for doing that work. Um, we we adapted them locally, but they've they've been a game changer as far as getting students engaged and talking about different types of information and how that information is created and what it's used for. And then we we start with that, but then we focus in on news because one of the things we both noticed is that when we were using those process cards, a lot of students would push back on what news is mm -hmm. and, or, or just have very different definitions like I would come in with this idea of what news looks like right like I'm traditional like New York Times LA Times you know these very traditional news sources and our students aren't necessarily engaging with news in that way so we would have these like long conversations about news and so what we decided to do was kind of take that process card concept and apply it to news and so we have in our College 101, cards for breaking news, news report, and investigative reporting. And we just kind of do the same thing where we give students the card, ask them to put them in the order of like how quickly these are, you know, published and produced. And then we have a conversation. And one of the things that has come out of those conversations is there's a range of understanding of like what news is. So breaking news and the credibility of breaking news and how things that come out super quickly may not, you know, have all of the facts what a news report is, so the value of waiting a day to get a full picture, and then investigative reporting and how that can 
reveal things and be valuable. And just having that conversation is, I don't know, it's been really exciting. And then we have an, an assessment. And so hearing what students, how students apply those different types of information to their lives and how they integrate them into like their understanding of like where they go for other in kinds of information has been really cool. And we're just at the beginning, you know, stages. So we're still kind of piloting this and, and assessing it. But I think it's been a highlight, like a teaching highlight this semester. And the development of that with my colleague has been super satisfying. And I hope we will have an opportunity to talk more about it and like really kind of continue to develop that. That's yeah, exciting. It is so exciting. And it's, it's something I have been thinking so much. I'm sure we have talked about this, Jennifer, too, about how much more we need to unpack and open up news for our students. And I feel like when I was new to the field, particularly, you know, like over, I don't know, almost 15 years ago, I, I sort of learned from former colleagues that our, our whole thing was, you know, teaching students about scholarly sources and demystifying the process of peer review and really, really bringing home that this is, you know, like, this the is best. the best. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we would just sort of gloss over, you know, everything that we lumped into popular sources. And we kept, you know, we include investigative reporting with a, a blog, uh, like a random blog, not even like a new a journalist's blog. And we just sort of breezed over it and was like, you know, that stuff's not as good. And, and I feel so excited about the idea of doing a lot of the work that you're describing. I think it's so great that you guys are doing that and that you're, talking about the process in with the same care that our field has done for a long time with scholarly information I think really kind of to the neglect of the new everything else yeah. Yes. yeah well and you know and for us you know since we are a community college and we're seeing mostly you know first and second year students that even um, even like the first year writing programs like news is often what they're going to be using in yes in their research papers and so helping them understand what they're looking at when they are looking at news and like the like like the different purposes it has um, I think is super useful just even for the research process but also just you know we're all going out there and has to have to make sense of like so much news coming at us that project information literacy study like definitely like drove that point home yesterday like we are inundated with information so any, I feel like any tools that we can provide to like help sort through that, I think are super useful. And it's also the conversation that we've been able to open up with students has been really great. Like, I think it's easy to get cynical when you are teaching and maybe you, you're not getting a lot of response from students. And I think as a librarian, it's sometimes hard. Like we're these strangers that walk into their classes mm -hmm. and we don't necessarily get like a lot of feedback. And so just being like, just opening up some space for them to talk wow, like I've been super impressed with our students. I'm like, oh, you are, you have a way more nuanced understanding of all of this than I would have given you credit for. And I am embarrassed that I ever thought that it would be otherwise. So like, that's been a nice thing to be able to also share with colleagues. Like, no, our students, our students are really thinking about this and they are really engaged. So. Oh, it's really inspiring. Yeah. So I don't know, do you have any more follow-up questions about the on our sidetrack detour here, Martini? <laughs> well, you know, I would love to go down this rabbit hole for like two more hours, but <laughs> but maybe we should maybe we should schedule another conversation so we can sort of hear follow-up on what you're doing with this particular project. But I do want to talk a little if we have some more time, I wanted to um 
see if you could talk a little bit about what you are looking for in a proposal, especially if people maybe have never submitted a conference proposal before, um, how, how to kind of make those stand out, what the selection process is like. Do we have time to, to do that? Yeah, let's, let's talk about that. that okay. That's great. Yeah. Thank, and thank you for asking about the process. Like that's something that I think is kind of a mystery. Like when you, when you yeah. propose something, it just goes in like, what happens? And like we've refined our process over the years for sure. And I'll just be real honest, like up until a couple of years ago, like we took what we got because we just didn't, there's only, you know, like only so many people would propose something. So the people who came to the summit saw what we would, like what had been submitted. And that's last... amazing. They were, <laughs> like the presentations have been so good. Right. <laughs> like, no, and that's like, that's what's wild to me is that like, you know, that's, that's fine because it has always worked. And like, we've had really great presentations, but the last couple of years we have hit a point where we're getting more submissions than we can accommodate. So we've had to make some hard choices and like, wow, like it's been really hard. So a couple of things like people who maybe submitted in the past and didn't get like something accepted should absolutely submit again because sometimes it's not that the proposal was bad it was just that like we had three other people who submitted similar types of mm -hmm. proposals mm -hmm. and we just couldn't like to, to do three that were kind of on the same thing would have just been overkill so we you know that that could have been a component we have a rubric that we use as a starting point. So we definitely look to see like what's on theme. Um, so that's yeah. something that we ask for is like, we don't need everything to be about this year's theme, news, media and disinformation, but we wanna make sure that that's a theme that runs through. So we have enough proposals that, you know, if that's really what you're coming for, like that you could really focus in on those things. That makes sense. And then, you know, our list of suggested topics has definitely shifted over the years. So, um, you know, when we were like really focusing on the framework and the framework was new, we were really highlighting that. And now we're really looking at, I think, we're kind of looking at some of the trends. So the things that our people are really talking about, I think around information literacy, so social justice, critical information literacy, critical pedagogies, mm -hmm. uh, student creation of information and student-centered teaching and learning. So a lot of the things that you're seeing in um, publications or on blogs, like are, are kind of the, the things that we're focusing on as well. The, the feedback that we've gotten over the years about the summit, like we try to make sure that the keynote is very, not like heavy theory, but definitely like that to set a, set a stage, kind of big picture. And people, I think like that, you know, there's a little bit of inspiration there to like get you motivated for the rest of the day and, and, and around your practice. But then the feedback that we've always had is that people really want that, those breakout sessions to be practical to be like, I'm gonna take away something and apply it in my own institution. So we've asked for people to identify learning outcomes for the proposals, things that are hands-on and discussion-based. So some kind of active, like engaged session are typically more stand out more than like something that appears to be very lecture-based because Again, people are sitting all day. They they like to have that conversation and that dialogue, or or to be engaged in a way that's that's meaningful. So I think those are are some of the kind of key things that we're looking at. And I have to say, I'm glad I am not the only person who reads them. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I I would never want to make those those calls on my own. And that's one of the like I really want to just highlight the role of Jill and Jen from DePaul that they've they've added so much to our dialogue because especially, you know, 
I'm coming from a community college focus. I know what's happening in, in my community. I know what's happening in community college libraries, but that's a pretty narrow view. And so they bring a whole different perspective that has been invaluable. So I think what's nice is that we definitely complement each other as far as our own personal interests as librarians, but also the just what we see in our in our practice and in in our different institutional contexts. So um, so we try to also really make sure that we are hitting community college. If we have high school or public librarians submitting, we're probably gonna like give them a little bump because we we don't get a lot of submissions from them, and we we want to hear from those folks. And then. Um, and then also, of course, like our research institutions or, you know, four-year institutions that are, that'll have a different perspective. So we try to make the, the offerings pretty diverse as well, just to reach across different contexts and different needs. Well, that sounds exciting. Well, do you want to talk a little bit, just really briefly, the logistics? So if somebody is listening here and would like to submit a proposal, what should they do? Yeah, for sure. So probably the easiest thing to do is to go to our website, which is informationliteracysummit.org. And then on the front page of our website, there's a big blue button that says propose a breakout session. And we have all of the uh, information about the summit and what we are typically looking for in a breakout session and the submission requirements um, on that uh, call for proposals page. And we have a Google form that we ask people um, to fill out for that. And it's, you know, the basics, who you are, what your proposal is. Um, and we also, at the same time as you submit a proposal, we ask for a session abstract, so a shorter version. So if we do accept the proposal, we'll just go ahead and use the abstract for our programming. That's great. great. Yeah. So, you know, everyone should consider applying if they've Definitely. got that they're thinking about. And if even if you don't have a proposal, just come to the summit. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yes, for sure. And and I I'll, I should say that you know proposals are open now, so please you have you can submit now through January 11th. So we provide a lot of time for you to think about it and get that in. And then uh, registration will open February 1st. Awesome. Excellent. All right. Well, I I don't have any other questions, Martinique. Did you uh, want to? Uh, no, I think, you know, aside from the fact that, like with uh, most folks we invite on the podcast, I think we could keep talking. Yeah. Um, I think I think this has been really insightful, and I'm so glad you made some time to talk to us today. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. It's been really fun to talk about all of this. Yeah, thank you. And I'd love to hear, like Martinique said, more about your um, news literacy project. And I would love to do a check-in about um, immersion too, like a, oh, yeah. like maybe a year on or something and see like your kind of reflection over time. Yeah, I'm still thinking about all of that. Like it yeah, is definitely too. like not something that has faded away, like definitely still, still very much in my like day-to-day. -day. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Tish. And um, everybody go out and submit a proposal or at least register for the summit when you have a chance. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll uh, talk to you next time. The Library Sessions is produced by Martinique Hallerduff and Jennifer Lau Bond, and it's released under a Creative Commons license with some rights reserved. To find out more, visit thelibrarysessions.wordpress.com.